anyone want to run over this morning? Do you want to be filled up this morning? Ah. Oh, Lord, we want to be filled to the brim. We want to run over, Lord God. Oh, fill us up today, Lord, that we will run over, we will spill over. Fill us up, Lord. Ah. Oh, my God, my God. Fill us up, Lord Jesus, that we will run over, Lord. Oh, my God, my God. Have your way today, Lord. Have your way today, sweet Jesus. We want to be full of your spirit, Lord God. Oh, fill us up today, will you, Lord? Fill us up, Lord God. We want to be full of the spirit today, Lord God. Ah, will you fill us up, my God? Will you fill us up, my God? Come on, somebody. Let's clap onto the Lord. Let's praise his name. The Lord is great and great to be praised. Oh, Lord, we come to praise you. We come to be filled with your spirit today, Lord God. We give you the honor of praise. Fill us up today, great God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, glory be to God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Somebody say thank you, Jesus. Amen. He's so wonderful. That song is so, so encouraging. It's, it's so awesome if you listen to it. The songwriter says, you provide the fire, and I'll provide the sacrifice. And if you want to understand what she's really saying is, God, you fill us with the Holy Ghost and fire. We, the temple, will provide ourselves as the sacrifice. So fill us up with your fire. Hallelujah. Fill us up with your power. Hallelujah. Fill us up, Lord. And so today, if we will allow ourselves to be a living sacrifice, Lord. the Lord will fill every living sacrifice unto him with the Holy Ghost and fire. If you want to be filled with the Spirit, if you want to experience the fire of the Holy Ghost, you just become a sacrifice. You just say, Lord, here I am today. Do whatever you want to do with me. You provide the fire. And I'll provide the sacrifice. Thank you, Lord. Amen. I'm glad I can be a living sacrifice unto the Lord. God is so good. Welcome to Christ Center Church. Amen. We're so glad you can be with us today as we celebrate the birth of the church. Today is what's known all across the world to those that know who Jesus Christ is and know his word. Today is Pentecost Sunday, and we welcome you, and we're so grateful that you can join us today. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for being a part of this service in this church, in Christ-centered church. Christ is the central focus, and once again today, he will be the central focus in our message in this service, because there's nothing, nothing that is too hard for him. He is the creator. He is the giver of life. He's the one that sustains it all. He is the one that knows all things. And he has given us some responsibility as we live for him. Amen, amen. I know a lot of times, the times that we're living in, uh, those that don't know Christ, and even some that's, you know, that know something about him will question how does he allow some things to happen in our world. And I understand your question, but this is what I will say to you. Uh, in a relationship... Everyone has responsibility. Mm -hmm. And Christ 
has given us responsibility that we must uphold and he has his responsibilities that he does uphold. And one thing I can tell you is this. He's already told us to love your neighbor Mm -hmm. as yourself. He's already told us that. And so if we just abide by that, that's our responsibility. He can't take that responsibility from us because he already loves us and has proven his love to us. So what he has asked us to do, command us to do, is to love one another as we love ourselves. So if we're not doing that, the result of not doing that is what we've seen in Minneapolis and what we've seen throughout our world because we don't obey what God says. And God says to love your neighbor as yourself. And who's your neighbor? Everyone. And so if we will do that, if we will obey God's commandment to love one another, then we will take care of one another. We will uphold each other. We will talk good about each other. We will help each other when we're struggling. We will do all the things that make the other person better. And so we thank God for just opening our eyes to his truth and allowing us to be a part of his great kingdom. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. Hallelujah. Amen. Welcome. I hope today you will stick with us to the end, for today is a great celebration, and you don't want to miss the end of service today. I know we told you was to send us in some songs, um, some old-time Pentecostal song in, in celebration of Pentecost Sunday, and that's not what we started out with, but I thought it was uh, proper that we started out with that song, that we are the sacrifice, he is the fire. And so we just have to prepare ourselves that he will fill every vessel that will be a sacrifice today. But at the end, you know, in in, in most celebration towards the end is where just everything gets just even greater. And so towards the end of our service today, you'll get to experience some different things. It's all in good gesture. It's all in Christ. And stick with us toward the end and you'll be able to celebrate and have a good time. God's going to fill some people with the gift of the Holy Ghost today. You just have to stick with us. Listen to what the Word of God is saying. Be a participator and not just a spectator. It's easy to sit where you are or stand where you are and just look in and say, okay, okay, and just listen. But you want to participate. When we are clapping our hands, go ahead, clap your hands. If, If you feel the Spirit of God move on you, express it the way you want to. If it's a shout, shout. If it's a song, sing. If it's running around your living room, I've heard the testimony of people running around the kitchen or running around the living room or jumping up in the bedroom. I've heard those things. So go ahead and do it. Don't worry about it. That's what the people of God does. And when the Spirit of the Lord move on you, don't try to restrain Him. Just do whatever he allows you to do. You'll be fine. He'll take care of you. And so we'll have a good time. Yesterday we were so uh, uh, privileged and we had a great time of going to outreach. We had a good group yesterday and we met at 930. We talked a little. We prayed and then we went out into the communities and it was just such a wonderful time. I want to really thank everyone that came out to participate and those of you that could not come out but came and picked up. Um, some of the uh, postcards that you can hand out in your community and to those that you encounter. We appreciate you. We thank you so much and love you very much for just doing what God wants you to do. We had a great time. I ran into one guy. I hope he tuned in this morning. I ran into one guy and uh, we weren't knocking on doors because, you know, the times that we're living in and we had our gloves on and mask on and we didn't knock on any doors, but what we did was slide cards under the doors, slide cards, cards between the doors and put some cards on, on, on the mats at the front door. 
and uh, we were able to just go around the community and do that. And we, we ran a couple people that were coming out while we were in the community, and we had good conversations. But one guy I ran into, I told him, I said, hey, we're inviting people to join in with our church service tomorrow, and you can enjoy yourself and have church right in your living room. And the guy's face lit up. He's like, in my living room. I said, in your living room. <laughs> and he said, surely we will get together and we will uh, join you tomorrow in the worship service. So I, I pray he's a part of it. And for all those that received our card this morning, I pray you tuned in to hear what the Lord wants to say to you. And for you to be blessed and encouraged. In this day and hour, we need to be encouraged. We need to be blessed. We need to experience the love of God. We need to experience just the things that heaven has to offer. Because right now, we have really corrupted ourselves. And we have separated ourselves. And we're hurting ourselves. And we need Christ like we've never needed him before. Because he will bring comfort into our heart and into our spirit. He will guide us. He will give us provision. And so we need to look to him always. But in these times, especially, we need to look to him. We're going to go into prayer this morning, and uh, we're going to ask the Lord to bless our service today, to give us guidance and direction. Uh, I feel the anointing of the Lord, but I still want him to use me today because I want to speak to you by the spirit of the Lord and as his oracle and not as Wayne. Amen. Wayne is just a man. And um, I can do nothing really of myself. Anything I do is Christ in me that will do it. And so I want you to hear from the Spirit of the Lord and from the Word of God and just Him using this vessel to, to convey what He wants to convey to your soul. And so if you will stand with me this morning, we're going to go before the Lord in prayer. Don't forget, as we've been asking, pray with us for those in uh, the city of Minneapolis. Um, we want to pray God's peace. God's love. We want to pray that God will reveal himself to them and that they will come to know him, repent of their sins and be saved. We want peace in that city. We want the joy of the Lord. And so, and pray for the churches out there. We have churches. I saw something that was fantastic because I've been on fire about this whole thing about, you know, you know, we're, we're divided because of the wrong things, because we're not looking at Jesus and we're allowing certain kind of communication to cause us to be separated. But here's what I saw. I saw one of our evangelists within the United Pentecostal Church International out there because I was telling somebody, I said, where are all the churches? I, you know, I, I said, where are the churches in Minneapolis? Why aren't they out there gathering and praying? Because I'm telling you, if the churches go out into the streets and take up the corners and begin to pray and begin to seek the Lord, I guarantee you that, that some of the evil that we see will not take place. We got to get out there, people. If we are the body of Christ, if we are the church of the living God, we got to get on the scene where things are happening or probably get out there before they start happening and call on the name of the Lord. Amen. Show the love of God. Amen. And if we can do that, I'm telling you, it will slow down so many things that's wrong. And I saw one of our evangelists out there, Victor Jackson, yesterday. Yes. And he had his Bible, and I just saw people being drawn to him. And I'll tell you something about that drawing power that he had uh, today in our message. But people were drawn to him, and he prayed for them. And I just thank God, because that's what I prayed about. I said, God, where is the church? Where is your body? Why aren't we out there just letting people know who you are. We're just letting them do whatever they want and the devil is just standing back and laughing and making a mockery of us. And it was so good for me to see a man of God out there deciding that, you know what? I got to get out there and, and, and talk to someone, love someone, pray to the Lord. And so I pray 
that this morning we will pray that more churches will go out there and do that. That's what we need to do. And more churches, you know, in this corona situation, I, I tell you, I got to be honest with you. Again, God didn't start corona, but he certainly could have stopped it before he got to this point. And he didn't stop it, and he has reasons why he didn't stop it. I don't know those reasons, because he's the all-knowing God. I don't know. But what I will say to you is this. I know for some churches, and uh, um, it's just something that I, I begin to look out and see. For some churches, I hope you will see that we need to get beyond the four walls of our building, because we're not in the four Amen. walls of our building. For Amen. many churches, we're not in the four walls of our building. And if you go through scriptures... It was never God's intent that we lock ourselves up in the four walls. I am not saying we don't need buildings to house our services. I'm not saying that. I'm saying we need to do more of getting outside of those four walls and interact with our community. We need to do that more. Lost people are in the world. How many people you invite to church that, that you want to come, but they never come? And, and let me rephrase that. How many people did you invite to the church service in the building that you're in, but they don't come? Well, guess what? Maybe if we will get out the building and invite them face to face and, and invite them where we let them see Christ in us and the love of God, maybe they will come then. Maybe, just maybe. I know it's a better chance of them coming when we go and give them a face to face invitation than us just standing in our building and hoping they show up. So I believe that we are experiencing something where we can see that we can get beyond our four walls and go into our community. And I thank my brother, Brother Victor Jackson, for going out into that area. And it is a risk because you don't know if people will just be beside themselves and beside themselves and do crazy things to you. But you go because you trust God. You go because you love God. You go because you know God is your protector. So let's pray this morning for our service for Minneapolis. Continue to pray that God will just do a great work in our hearts and in our communities. Father, in the name of Jesus, we're grateful and thankful for this yet another day. This day that you have made, we will rejoice and be glad in it. Oh, God, you woke us up today in our right mind. You started us on our way. And oh, what a privilege it is to be counted among the numbers. Lord God, I pray today that your spirit will lead us and guide us. I pray, oh God, for those, Lord God, that are experiencing turmoil in Minneapolis, Lord God. I pray that you'll move on the churches in Minneapolis, Lord God. Move on them to the point where they will go out into the streets, where they will go out into the communities, Lord God. And that you'll move on the servants there, oh God, to speak your word, to love your people, to, oh my God, lead them towards salvation. Oh God, that you reveal yourself to them, that they will come to the place of repentance and obey the plan of salvation. I pray the presence of the Lord will sweep through, sweep over and move through Minneapolis, Lord God, like they've never seen, Lord God. I pray for great revival in Minneapolis, Almighty God. Will you show them your glory? Will you show them your power? Will you use your servants in that city, Lord God, to do a great work for you, Lord Jesus? Oh God, we thank you, Lord God, for your peace in that city. We thank you for your joy in that city. We thank you for your salvation in that city, Lord God. Oh, bless and keep them. Let your face shine upon them and be gracious unto them. Root out of their hearts, Lord God, anger. Root out of them, Lord God, bitterness. Root out of them, Lord God, evil and ungodliness. Root out of them, Lord God, sin that will destroy their soul. Oh, God, we ask in the name of 
Jesus, that you will guide us in this service today, that there will be a miraculous move of your spirit, and that you will baptize many today with your spirit, and that you will renew many today in your spirit, Lord God. Bless our homes and families today, Lord God, and as we come together, Lord, to worship you, to praise you, to be filled with your spirit, to experience your power, that, Lord, we will truly, oh God, be blessed. Lord, anoint me and use me as your oracle, that I be led up the spirit, and that I will speak, Lord God, by the permission of the Holy Ghost, according to the word of God. Bless us today in our service, Lord God. Move us today, oh God, in the realm of the spirit. I thank you, Almighty God, for what you're doing and how you're doing it. And we give you praise and honor in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Clap your hands up to the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you for praying along with us. I believe God is doing something. When we pray the will of God, God shows up. A lot of times we pray what we want. And God is saying, that's not my will. I need you to pray my will. And I guarantee you what we prayed just now is the will of God. And we will continue to see the hand of God in Minneapolis. Some changes are going to take place in Minneapolis and all around our world. Because changes only can take place for the right way and the right reasons. By the word of God, by the spirit of God, as the people of God move forward in him. Thank you, Lord. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Amen. At this time, we're going to take our offering. Amen. So if you have any offering this morning, if you have an offering, uh, if you have tithes to give, we want you to get it out, and we want you to give unto the Lord. As you know, in this church, we always tell you that we're not, we want you to be blessed spiritually, but we also want you to be blessed financially. And if we don't obey God in what he says financially, he says, bring your tithes and your offering into the storehouse that uh, he will pour us out a blessing that there will not be room enough for us to receive it. And he will rebuke the devourer. Anything that try to devour any increase that we receive, the Lord said he will rebuke it. But those things happen when we obey the first thing that he said, which is to bring ye your tithes and your offering into the storehouse. And if you want to be blessed financially, that's what you need to do is to bring your tithes and offerings into the storehouse. And so give unto the Lord this morning. If you don't have to give, I'm going to pray that God will make a way for you to be able to give. But when you give, you secure your financial situation because God will see to it that you are blessed financially. Whether it's making sure you don't get laid off, whether it's making sure if you got laid off, there's still provision, whether it's just you know, allowing you to enjoy abundance. You know, that's just how good God is. If we will trust him and we will give to him. And I must say he's been so good to us, which means we must be very good in our giving unto the Lord. In this church, we have been very blessed. Um, we haven't had any real um, tragic stories about what um, what has happened to um, any of us financially in this church. And so um, Great things are happening, and it's a wonderful thing that we are given so God can bless us, and uh, we want to obey him as well. So not just for us to be blessed, but we want to obey him. If you cannot give, please don't feel obligated to give. Uh, we always say that because giving is a faith faith thing. You know, a lot of times we want to think it's, you know, um, God has demanded me to do No, it's faith because God wants you to trust him in every phase of your life. 
And so when you give to the Lord, you are showing another level of faith in God. And so give today. And if you can't give, we're going to pray that you're able to give. Remember the ways that you can give. You can go on our website at ChristCenteredOnline.com. ChristCenteredOnline.com. You can go to our website and click on the tab to give. And you can give that way. You can also give by going to PayPal. And uh, we are Christ Center Church on, um, on PayPal, Christ Center Church. Uh, so you can give there. Also, um, for some of you, you know uh, Sister Patrice, you can reach out to her, text her, um, and let her know you want to give. We can do the square for you, so we can run your credit card through the square if you'd like. Um, and if you'd like to mail in your tithes or your offering, you can mail it in to 22 Concord Avenue, Hamilton, New Jersey, 08619. Please take advantage of those opportunities to give, that God will continue to bless you. And you will continue to have what you need. And so we thank you for giving. Amen. We want to make sure we give to the work of God because that's what we're doing. God is telling us to give. And the, and what you give is used to do the work of the Lord. Just like yesterday when we went out and we handed out those beautiful postcards. Hey, we have to pay the designer to design it. We have to pay for it to get printed. And all the different things that we do in the church, you see what goes on. If you pay attention. And so it costs money. Nothing is free. Uh, so we want you to give to the work of the Lord. Amen. You ready to give? Amen. I am ready to give. Amen. Lord, I thank you for finances. I thank you for health and strength. Lord, our health is our first wealth. And for if we don't have good health, we're not able to go out and earn. And so we know, Lord God, you are the one that can bless us and give us good health and strength. And so we thank you for that. We thank you for the opportunity to earn uh, financially. And Lord, today we give back in obedience to what you have commanded us. You commanded that we give 10% of our increase of our earnings to you. And then you ask that we give offering and we are obeying your commandments because Lord, we obey you to be born again. We obey you to be delivered. We obey you to be healed. We obey you, Lord God, to live holy and righteous. We will not not obey you to give of what you commanded us to give. We ask that you receive our giving this morning, that you will multiply it, that it may go for thine intended purpose. And Lord, I know for everyone that give, you will bless them abundantly. And for those that don't have and really want to give, Lord, I pray that you will open the doors of opportunity for them, that you will provide for them, that they're able to receive, that they're able to give that they can be blessed as well. We thank you today for this great privilege, oh God, to be blessed of you. In amen. Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let everyone say amen. 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 Thank you, give, and God will give back unto you. This time we're going to have Brother Josiah and Brother Scarlett, as usual, amen. to come and minister in songs.
my God. There's a presence of the Lord here this morning. And I know you sense it where you are. There's a presence of the Lord. I believe the spirit realm knows today is Pentecost Sunday and there's something happening in the realm of the spirit. The demons know today is Pentecost Sunday and the angels know today is Pentecost Sunday and there's something happening in the realm of the spirit. Somebody say glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Again, thank you so very much, Brother Scarlett, Brother Josiah. They're always so diligent and uh, they're great servants of God, and we thank God for them. Amen. We welcome you once again to Christ-Centered Church, a church where Christ is the central focus. And uh, we're so glad that you can be with us. Um, I, 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 I welcome all of you. I sometimes just want to just stay here, just call all the names that I know is a part of our service, but I know I can't do that. But I will say this. I will welcome um, my, my brother, um, my mom says uh, her first son, she adopted uh, Joe Correa, and Joe um, uh, is like a son to my mom. He's a tad bit older than me, so my mom claimed Joe is her oldest son, and so we welcome you, Joe. We're so thankful that you can be with us. Hopefully, um, Barbara is right there with you, and you are enjoying the service so far. We're going to have a good time today. We thank you for being a part of what God is doing in Christ-centered church. And if there's anything at all that we can do, please don't hesitate to ask us. And that goes for every one of you that are uh, tuning in and, and, and being a part of our service today. If there's anything at all that we can ever do, please don't hesitate to ask. Amen. We will be glad to uh, help in any way. Um, I didn't say that today in um, taking our offering, but I will say say it now. And that is, no matter what the situation is, if you're struggling in any kind of way and you have need, please reach out to us. We will not know if you have need if you don't reach out. Don't let pride get in the way. If you have a need, please reach out to us. If you're a part of this family, it is the will of God that we do everything we can to help our family. You are family, all of you that are part of our service, you're family. And if you have any need, please let us know because we want to help our family. We're going to get to heaven together and we got to take care of each other while we're down here. So please let us know. So we welcome you once again and thank you for being a part of uh, our service today. I believe God is going to do something amazing. Something amazing today. Amen. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to the book of Ephesians. Or if you have your iPad, your iPhone, or if you have some other kind of phones, some Android, I guess is what they're called. Uh, you can um, tap on the scriptures and go to Ephesians chapter 1, verse number 12. Ephesians chapter 1, verse number 12. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. It's a great family of God that we're a part of, that we belong to. I don't know why, but all of your names are just flowing through my mind, <laughs> thinking about all of you. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My, 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 my man, Paul Brantley, he's tickled me so much since he's been part of our service. And so... Uh, I'm always glad to hear from him. He always leave a comment. And so I go back uh, at the end of service and read through you all comments just to kind of, because I can't see them while I'm preaching. So after service, I'll go and scroll through and look at your comments. And I'm always tickled by them and uh, encouraged by them. So continue to make comments. 
continue to share the live feed with friends and family. Uh, anyone, just share the live feed. So right now, right now, you can just click on share, and you can just begin to share with all of your friends uh, and all of your contacts. Just just click on share and begin to share. So if folks would like, they can begin to sh- uh, uh, stream our service. I mean, that's the good thing about you know <laughs> this technology here is some of us struggle with face-to-face uh, invitation to church because we don't like to be disappointed when someone say, well, I'm not able to go. And so we don't like to do face-to-face invitation to church. But the way our things are right now, you don't have to do a face-to-face. Right now, as you are live, you click on share and send it to everyone in your contacts, every one of your friends, and it's up to them whether they want to view it or not. But at least you know you shared, which means that's your personal invite to them. So we thank God for that. Ephesians chapter 1, we're going to read verses 12 through 14. Amen. Let's read together. That we should be to the praise of his glory, who first trusted in Christ, in whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed, ye were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. I see two two portions of scriptures in there, two areas in the scripture that we just read where it talks about us being the praise to his glory us being the praise to his glory. And that's not what I'm going to preach to you about today, but I just want to make mention of this fact right now, that we, the people of this earth that came by the creation of Almighty God, we were created by Almighty God, and we are supposed to be a praise to his glory. So how we live our life is supposed to be a praise To the glory of God. And so that's something to think about today. That as you conduct your life. You are supposed to conduct your life. That it will be a praise to the glory of God. And so if we all begin to conduct our life. So it can be a praise to the glory of God. Guess what? There's a lot of things that we're experiencing that are not good. That we will not experience. Because we will do the things that is a praise to the glory of God. As I mentioned, today is Pentecost Sunday, and we are celebrating the birth of the church. And so I've come today to preach this word to you entitled, Sealed with the Spirit. Sealed with the Spirit. So as we celebrate this wonderful day today that God has given us, We want to minister to your heart and to your soul on the topic of seal with the Spirit. Amen. Amen. Today, we celebrate the birthday of the church. Today is what's known by many as Pentecost Sunday. Pentecost is the festival of weeks. It is celebrated seven weeks after the Passover or 50 days after the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It is the day when the Lord first poured out the Holy Ghost and mankind was infilled. They received or they were baptized the Holy Ghost. And so we want you to know today is that day where
where we always celebrate to remember when God first poured out his spirit, when God first began to infill man with his spirit. Today is that day that we always remember and celebrate. And so I want you to celebrate with us today of the outpouring of the spirit of God. In Acts chapter 1, chapter 2 I should say, verse number 1, it says, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. And it sat upon each of them. And they were filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave that gave them utterance. That was the very first time the Almighty God poured out His Spirit and filled mankind with His Spirit. And I want you to know today that then He did it, but He's still doing it today. From that point on in the Bible till today, mankind has been receiving the baptism or the outpouring, receiving the Spirit of God within them. And I want you to know today, if you don't have the Holy Spirit dwelling in you, that you can receive it because God is pouring it out still today. God will not stop pouring out His Spirit until the church is redeemed. And so I want you to know that if you don't have the Holy Spirit dwelling in you, that God wants to dwell in you today. God wants to pour out His Spirit that you may receive His Spirit. We should not be afraid or spooked to receive the Holy Ghost because the Holy Ghost is the Spirit of God or the Holy Ghost is the breath of God. And so Almighty God breathes and we receive and that way we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And everything from God to us is good for us. And so we don't have to worry about is this Holy Spirit, is, is it spooky? What, what kind of thing is it? It's the breath of God. And when God breathed breath into man, man became a living soul. When God breathed breath into man on the day of Pentecost, man was filled with his spirit. And guess what? The evidence that man was filled with his spirit, they spoke in other tongues. I'm here to tell you today, we need the breath of God. You ever see someone that's drowning? They pull them out of the pool or out of the ocean. They pull them out. And because they're drowning, they're not breathing right and water is in their lungs. What do they do? They start to breathe into them to bring them back to life. I'm here to tell you, nobody can breathe life into you like Almighty God, Jesus Christ. So if you want to receive life today, you need the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost gives you life. The Holy Ghost makes you alive. The Holy Ghost is what revives us and quickens us. We need the Holy Ghost. We need the breath of God to fill us today. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Listen to me. Today, as we celebrate the birth of the church, if you had not received the Holy Ghost, like the Bible says, like the Bible says. Listen, I'm dogmatic about what the Bible says. I don't like to make up my own stuff. I don't like to let my emotion control what I do and what I believe. Come on. Living for God is something that, that 
God was the one that introduced to us. God is the one that gave the instructions to us. God is the one that made up the rules. And so I'm not going to try to bend the rules and thinking that it still work when I bend the rules. And so there are people that have said, I know I have the spirit, but they didn't have that experience like they experienced on the day of Pentecost. And so I'm here to tell you today, if you had not had the experience like they had on the day of Pentecost, don't just settle and say, I know I have the spirit because sometimes uh, I just can feel it. Uh, sometimes I can sense it. Listen to me, somebody. You can feel the power of God, the Holy Ghost. Uh, you can feel him moving all around you. You can feel him moving upon you, uh, but you want him to dwell in you. You don't want him to just move on you. Uh, in the Old Testament, the prophets never had the spirit of God dwelling in them. Uh, the prophets had the spirit of God moved upon them. Uh, so the spirit can move on you and you can sense the Spirit of God is moving, but until He dwells in you, you want to be sure that He dwells. I want you to know today, you and I need to have that experience like they had on the first day of Pentecost, when God poured out His Spirit, and they received His Spirit, and they spoke in another tongue. That's what the experience was all about. I want the Bible experience. Amen. A lot of people... Get the experience to say, because they feel different. They said, I know I have the Holy Spirit. I hear you. Is it like the Bible? Come on. If it's not like the Bible, like the go Bible back yeah. and say, God, I want it just like the Bible said. Not the way I feel, not the way I, somebody told me, but I want it like the Bible says. And if I read it in the Bible, in Acts chapter uh, 2, verse 1 through 4, if the Bible says that's how it happened, I want it just like the Bible. God, you said you're no respecter of persons, which means you're not going to do for the apostles and not do for us today. You're not going to do for my sister and not do for my brother. You're not going to do for my mother and not do for my children. You are no respecter of persons, almighty God. So what you did for them back then, you can do for us today. So I'm not going to discount it. I'm not going to say, oh, it's not like that anymore. No, you're no respecter of persons. And so if you did it back then, we're living in a church age. We're living in a dispensation of grace. And from that day when the Holy Spirit was poured out, that was the dispensation of grace. We're still in the dispensation of grace. So the Holy Ghost is still being poured out today as it was back then, the day of Pentecost. So we can't say it's a different dispensation and he's not doing it anymore. Oh, God is still pouring out his Holy Ghost. We're still in the dispensation of grace. And we will receive the Holy Ghost if we provide the sacrifice. Fill me up God, yeah. fill me up, God, yeah. fill me up, God. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. The Holy Ghost is a must for all Christians. Somebody say that with me. The Holy Ghost is a must for all Christians. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It's not an alternative we do not decide if it's important or not. It is not optional. It is a must for all Christians. The Holy Ghost is a must for all Christians. And if we're going to make it to heaven, if we're going to be who God wants us to be, if we're going to be the representation in this earth of God, we must be filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm here to tell you today, we all need the Holy Ghost. We all must have the Holy Ghost. And without the Holy Ghost, we can't be who God wants us to be. We need the Holy Ghost. We must have the Holy Ghost. It's a commandment. 
confused. The, the Holy Ghost and the, the gifts which we talked about a couple weeks ago. We talked about the, 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 the gifts of the Spirit and two of the gifts of the Spirit are diverse kind of tongues and interpretation of tongues. Diverse kind of tongues is not the same as the Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. So I don't have to operate in the gift of diverse kind of tongues. It's not a must. That's just one of the gifts of the Spirit. I don't have to operate in that. God, God decides if he wants to use me in that gift or not. Same for you. But the Holy Ghost is a must. We must have the Holy Ghost because it is required, it is mandated, and it is commanded for us to get to heaven. We must have the Holy Ghost. Somebody say amen. Amen. And so in Ephesians amen. chapter 1 verse 13 as we read before it says in whom ye also trusted after that ye heard the word of truth the gospel of your salvation in whom also after that ye believed ye were seized that Holy Spirit of promise. By the way Holy Ghost Holy Spirit same thing. Amen. Same thing. Don't get all worked up and confused about that. Holy Ghost Holy Spirit same thing. The word of truth or the gospel of salvation mentioned in this text is talking about the life of Jesus Christ. Specifically, who he is and what he did that we may receive salvation. And so, the scripture here is telling us that we trusted in him after, after we received the word of truth which is the gospel of our salvation. So you have to hear the word of God. You have to hear the gospel message before you can trust in him and believe him and before you can receive it. Because only when you trust in God can you have actually receive from God. Somebody say thank you, Jesus. Only when you trust in God and obey God can you actually receive from God. And so the Bible says, the apostle Paul wrote and he says that, in whom he also trusted after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel. Mm -hmm. And so when you hear the gospel, the Bible re reference, especially in this text about the gospel, what it's talking about is the life of Jesus Christ. Come on. The gospel. Really, if, if you want to get technical, I can just tell you the gospel is Jesus Christ. Come on. Hey, hey. It's, it's, it's just straight up simple. I can just tell you. The gospel is Jesus Christ. But I like to break things down, as you know by now. I like to make sure you're clear and you have a firm grasp on stuff. So, yes, the gospel is Jesus Christ. But here is particularly what it is. It's talking about the life of Jesus Christ, particularly who is Jesus and what did Jesus do. And so that's the gospel, who Jesus is and what he did. So the first thing I will tell you today, that Jesus is not the third person in the Trinity. He's not the second person in the Trinity. He's not the first person in the Trinity. Jesus is Almighty God manifest. So God didn't become a second person. It's God. If you go back in the scripture, God is only addressed as spirit. The Bible says no man has seen God at any time. What it's saying is no man has seen spirit at any time. So you could not see God if he had remained spirit. 
And so God needed you to see him, needed me to see him, needed those that saw him to see him. And so God decided, even before the foundation of the world, that he would not remain spirit, but he would become a man. And so he went through the process of becoming a man through the birth of Mary, and he came into this world as a man. And so today we know that Jesus Christ is almighty God manifest. Plus, here we go, when he needed someone to die for sins, for the sins of human beings, he could not find one human being that never sinned. He could not find one human being that was good enough to die for every human so because he couldn't find none, he had to become that human. So that's why you can't say he is he was just God, but he just, you know, was, you know, somehow a, a man. No, no, no. He was fully God and fully man. Because only a man could die for other man's sin. So he was fully God and fully man. And so he came into this world as the God-man. Okay? And he died for us because we sinned and we were supposed to all die and, 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 and eternally be separated from him. But he made a way that we would not be totally, eternally se separated from him. He gave his precious blood. He shed his precious blood. He gave his life for our life. And so today we understand that Jesus Christ, who is Almighty God, came into this world, lived a life so we can come to know Him, and then when we come to know Him, we will come to understand what He's done for us, and that's how we obtain the gospel. That's the message of the gospel, how He was crucified on the cross for our sins, how they put a spear in His side for our sins, how they placed a crown of thorn on His head for our sins, how they beat him 39 times for our sins, how they sat upon him for our sins, how they mocked him for our sins. That's the message of the gospel, that he did that so you would not have to be punished eternally. He did that so you would not have to be separated from him eternally. And today we understand that that is the gospel. Jesus came into this world to save man from their sins and today we understand that if we receive that message and we trust that message guess what he will give us instructions to be saved and part of our salvation is receiving the Holy Spirit the seal of promise somebody say thank you Jesus we are sealed with the spirit and we will obey him thank you Jesus hallelujah oh Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory Listen. To God. The word of truth. Hallelujah. The gospel of our salvation. Hallelujah. What is salvation? That's another word that we throw around a lot. But I want you to understand what it is. What is salvation? Salvation is deliverance from whatever. Salvation is safety or rescued. Mm -hmm. Both physically and morally. So salvation is to be delivered. Salvation is safety or rescuing or rescued from physical or moral situations. And so when he says that we need salvation, he said we need deliverance from anything that keeps us captive mm -hmm. from being able to be a Christian. So anything that hinders us 
from being who he designed us to be, we need deliverance from that. Any situation that keeps us bound and, and, and hinder us from being a Christian, we need deliverance from that. Salvation is safety. It means that we're now safe. So we can only be safe in his arms. We can only be safe in the presence of God. We can only be safe in his hands. He says, no man can pluck you out of my hands. So when we're in his hands, we're safe. And so salvation is to be delivered. Salvation is to be saved, to be in safety. Salvation is to be rescued from morality, immorality, and, and, and from all physical things that can bind us. That's salvation. And Jesus came to rescue us, to give us salvation. When the life of Christ is preached to us and we trust and receive it, we will then obey his instructions and do what he says to do to be saved, to be safe, to be rescued, to be delivered, because that's what he intends for us. Romans chapter 13, verse 13 says this, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. We got to do this as an exercise sometimes because I, I, I am challenged sometimes when I see that, you know, people misunderstand the scripture. They try to do it man's way and not God's way. The scripture says, whosoever call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So here, let's just act that out real quick. Lord, help me. Lord, save me. Does that mean I'm saved? Nope. Come on. Right? I just called upon his name. Come on. So now, something has to happen for me to be saved. And this is why it says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, here's the key word, shall be saved. So it don't mean when you call upon the name of the Lord that you're saved. It means when you call upon the name of the Lord, you will be saved. And so, in calling upon the name of the Lord and being saved, there's something in between. There's something that has to happen in between for you to be saved. Verse 14 says, How then shall they call on him whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without the preacher? How and how shall they preach except they be sent as it is written? How beautiful are the feet. Every time I read this, I shake my head because I know it don't mean what I think, but I be thinking my feet, and I know my feet is not nice. So I don't know how the scripture said preacher's feet are beautiful because I know my feet and so many other preacher's feet is not nice. But it says in the scripture, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. So I thank God it wasn't really talking about the feet of the preacher, the actual feet. It's talking about something else here, preacher, um, here, congregation. It's talking about something else. It's not talking about my feet. It's not talking about the other preacher's feet because we don't have nice feet. As much as we walk, as much as we go about doing things, there's no way we're going to have nice feet. All right? And we wear shoes all the time, so that don't work. Verse 16, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. That is important to understand that the gospel can be preached, but it doesn't mean we all obey the gospel. And that's what we have today when we look around and we're wondering, what is wrong with our world? What is wrong with people? Because they might have heard the gospel preached and they did not receive it. They did not obey it. And the gospel can't work in our life if we don't obey it. We don't receive it. So what we have in our world today is many people hearing the gospel and not receiving the gospel. Verse 17, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So when we preach the gospel to you and you begin to hear the gospel, then the word of God that you hear is 
what gives you faith. The knowledge that Jesus Christ is Almighty God is what gives you faith. The preacher must continue to preach and the hearers must continue to hear the gospel for their lives to be impacted. We gotta keep preaching, preachers. We gotta keep preaching, preachers. And the hearers gotta keep hearing. That's why I said we need preachers on the street corner all across America, especially in Minneapolis today. We need preachers in our communities and neighborhoods to preach the gospel because that's when they will hear and have faith and obey the word of God. We need preachers to keep preaching. That's what it's about. We sit around and have conversations and know I hate to say it, so many of us are not doing what needs to be done. I don't like to talk about stuff. I like to go do stuff. I told you in growing up in the church, as I began to learn, I'm serving in the church all over the years. You've heard the story before that you you that know me well. Everybody used to always say to the pastor. So I don't want nobody to tell me this. Everybody used to say to the pastor, Pastor, you know I love you. And I ain't never going nowhere. Don't say that in this church, please. <laughs> don't say that in this church. Don't don't you say it. We used to sit back in the pew, and when we hear people get up to testify, Pastor, you know we love you, and we ain't go. We just put our head down like, oh, Lord, next week they gone. Because it's something about just talking and not doing. And I always used to sit back and I say, I ain't got to tell my pastor I love him, and I ain't going nowhere. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to serve in the church, and he will know that I love Jesus Christ, and I love him by how much I serve, not by how much I speak. And so I'm here to tell people today all across this world that it's not about what we say. It's what our actions become. It's what we do that will determine who we are, that will determine the impact we will have. We can say a whole lot of words, but if there's no action behind it, there will be no impact. And it's the same thing with the gospel. We can hear it all we want. We can recite it all we want. But if we don't do something in obeying the gospel, guess what? It will mean nothing to us. It will not impact our life. It's not about talking, people. It's about doing. It's about doing. And that's why today, Victor Jackson went up another notch in my book. He did. He did. He was always top-notch in there, but he went up another notch. I don't know if there's another notch he can go to, but he went to another notch because he didn't talk about it. He just showed up and said, let's get it done. That's what I'm talking about. That's what we need. I can't tell you how much that that moves me. We need people that just show up and get it done, but we've got more people doing talking today and trying to figure out the easiest way to get everything done. Everything is not going to be easy because electronics is so great. It doesn't mean everything else is going to be easy. We got to roll up our sleeves and put some action in our in, in what we say. We got to show up and do something if we're going to make a difference. Oh, help us, Lord. Seal with the Spirit. Seal with the Spirit. Until we trust and obey the gospel message, we cannot be saved. You can't just recite some words and you're saved. That's not it, church. That's not it. Until we trust and obey the gospel message, we cannot be saved. Why do we have such hard time trusting the gospel message? You ever ask yourself that? Why are we struggling?
struggling and surrendering. I don't know if my cousin Estri is on today, but I can mess with her. When I first started going to church, she started going to church. Way back then. And she has not been faithful to the Lord. You hear me, Sister Est cousin Estri? So I said, yeah, I was going to say Sister Estri, which is good. It means that I'm seeing you being a sister right now in the Lord. But, but she's been saying, I know, cuz, I got to do this, I got to do that. But the bottom line is, until you actually do it, saying you're going to do it, you're going to do it, you're going to do it, is not worth really anything. So until we trust and obey, nothing will happen. So hear me. Why we don't trust the gospel message? Because we trust airline pilots. Don't we? If you get on a plane knowing that a man's going to fly it and it's not going to go down, it meant that you trusted him. You're getting on an airplane to fly on an airplane piloted by a man that you don't know. All you know is, well, I'm going to get on this plane and it's going to go from here to Jamaica and it's not going to fall out of the sky. I'm going to be good. You're trusting the man. Uh-huh. We trust cruise ship captains. That the ship is going to make it to the destination and back. But we don't trust the gospel. We trust the transit system operators. That they will take us to where we got to get to and back. But we don't trust the gospel. Right. We trust our employer when they say you're hired and you will get paid after working two weeks. We trust them to say okay and then we report to work and then we work for two weeks without getting a paycheck. But we're trusting them that they will get us a paycheck. Why do we trust all these other people and all these other systems and circumstances but we won't trust the gospel of Jesus Christ? Today I'm asking you somebody, will you trust the gospel message? Will you trust this word of truth? Will you obey it because it will give you eternal life and you will be sealed with the spirit of promise. When we trust Jesus Christ, we become the praise of his glory. When we trust and believe Christ, we distinguish ourselves from everyone else. When I looked out yesterday, when I watched that video of Victor Jackson walking through the crowd, I, I looked at him, and not because I knew him, but you can just tell that he was different from everybody else around him. Church, you got to realize, when you receive the seal of the Spirit, the seal of that promise, and God is dwelling in you, you are distinguished from everybody else. And you don't realize it, but other people will know it, that you are separate. You're different from everybody else when you're walking around with the Holy Ghost. When you're walking around with the power of God dwelling in you, you're different from everybody else. We don't have to see God to trust Him. We just need to trust Him. Some people, they can't trust unless it's something tangible. They can't trust until they have some proof. Hear me, somebody. In living for God, in being a Christian, in receiving the seal of the Spirit, you're going to have to trust God without seeing Him. And if you can't trust Him without seeing Him, you will not be saved. If you can't trust God without seeing Him, you will not make it to heaven. You're going to have to trust God without seeing Him. My 
God. Hallelujah. <laughs> but listen to this. That's not a big thing. Because here's what Jesus said. John 20 and 29. Jesus said unto them, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed me. You saw me, so you believe. That's easy. That's what Jesus is saying. Because you have seen me, you believe me. But that's easy. Here's what Jesus' response is. Blessed are they that have not seen me, yet believe me. Oh, 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 oh. think about that. If you will trust God without seeing him, he said, you are blessed. He said, if you will trust me without seeing me, you will be so exceedingly blessed. And so we can't look for evidence or proof. We just got to know once we hear the gospel message, we just got to trust and obey because that's when we will experience the power of God in our life. We must trust and believe the gospel to receive our salvation, which includes the seal of his promise, the Holy Spirit. What are the instructions to receive salvation? You all should be able to recite it by now if you've been a part of Christ Center Church any long period of time. Because I'm always talking about salvation. I'm always talking about baptism of the Holy Spirit. And always talking about being baptized in Jesus' name. You all should know what the instructions of salvation is right now. John chapter 3, verse number 3. So when you call on his name, Oh, Jesus, will you save me? Now that I know you are God manifest in flesh, will you save me? Because if you can become man from spirit to man, and you can create all of this world, and you can create human beings, I know you're all powerful. I know you're almighty. So, Jesus, save me. Deliver me. Oh, keep me saved. And you pray that prayer. That don't mean you're saved. What happens is, he says, now. The preacher will tell you this, or you can go and read this for yourself. John chapter 3, verse 3. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So Jesus is giving instructions there. The man asked, this man in this case is Nicodemus, the man asked, How can a man be born when he is old? Can a man enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Barely, barely, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So we must stop and ask ourselves, okay, so those are the instructions. What is being born of water and what is being born of spirit? And being born of water is baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. Because Jesus Christ is the one. Listen, God is a title. That's not a specific name. Because right now, people have all kind of gods. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Come on. God is not a name. So you can't get baptized in, in the name of God because God is not a name. He's not a name. People have all kind of gods all over this world. Amen. Amen. Our God's name is Jesus. And so we must be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, right? When a woman gets married, she take on the man's name. It's the man's name. And so when 
when we get baptized, we get baptized into our God's name. His name is Jesus Christ. So if you got baptized a long time ago as a kid or as a child, as a baby, baby not supposed to be baptized because the reason for baptism is for removal of sins. And so if you're a baby or you're a small child, you're not supposed to get baptized if you don't understand what sin is. So you got to get rebaptized now if you were baptized as a baby. So don't hold on to that. Let that go today. And if you got baptized in the titles Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, those are not names. Amen. Father is not a name. Son is not a name. Holy Spirit is not a name. The Savior that died for you, the Almighty God who became the man, Christ Jesus, who is the Savior of the world, His name is Jesus the Christ. That's the name you get baptized in because that's the saving name. So that's being born of water. And then being born of spirit is being baptized with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Or you being filled with the gift of the Holy Spirit. Or you being indwelled with the Holy Spirit. That's the spirit baptism. So we must be born again of water and we must be born again of spirit in order to fulfill the requirements of our born again experience. Somebody say thank you Jesus. I hope I'm clear on that and you didn't get lost. If you get lost, if you get lost in any of the preaching, reach out to us on our website or on Facebook or any place else. Or if you have my direct number, contact me and let me know what was confusing or what you didn't understand so I can further explain it to you. Amen. The receiving of the Spirit is receiving the seal of promise. What exactly did Paul mean by seal? which he then identified as the promise of the Holy Spirit. Listen to me. In the ancient world, a seal was a form of identification used to authenticate and protect legal documents. A uniquely designed stone worn on a ring was used to mark clay or wax on a document. In religious usage, seal meant that the power of the deity, who is Jesus Christ, is protected by the bearer and was able to him, was available to him uh, uh, or her. And so that's what the seal represents. Listen to me. Receiving the Holy Ghost makes us God's property, meaning we are owned by God. The Lord knoweth them that are His. Amen. Those who receive the Holy Ghost of promise are known by men. A seal is conspicuous. That's what my man Victor Jackson was. He was conspicuous yesterday. It is intended to be seen and understood. There are signs in life by which the inward spiritual power may be detected. Those who are sealed by the Holy Spirit are preserved by God. The seal is a security. All the authority of its owner accompanies it. It means we will never be deserted by God. Oh my God. When you have the Holy Spirit dwelling in you, it means you have God with you. The Bible calls Jesus Emmanuel, which is God with us. And so when His Spirit is living in us, it means God is in us. It means God is with us in every way. And He can never desert us if He's in us. Somebody say, Thank you, Jesus. I'm bringing this thing to a close. Thank you, Jesus. We are heirs. Not owners 
or regarding it from another point of view, God has paid the ransom for his own possession, but the redemption of it is not yet fully accomplished. Yet he has no far claim it as to set his seal upon it. Christians bear the mark of God's ownership, though they are not holy. Holy don't mean holy um, separated, but holy mean fully recovered to him. Their present condition is an assurance of final recovery. It is an earnest of redemption. Enough grace is already given to result in some measure of redemption. Listen to this. If we have not this state of heaven, these first dropping of the showers of blessing, we have no right to expect more. The Holy Spirit of promise is a down payment for what we will enjoy eternally. The Holy Ghost church is a down payment and when you have the Holy Ghost dwelling in you, there's some joy in you. There is, there is, there is a power that's in you. There is something in you that says keep on going. There's something in you that makes you're strong, and when you have the Holy Ghost in you, you know you have a down payment for what's going to come to us eternally. We have an eternal spirit living in us while we're here on this earth, and we need to know his down payment, Lord. I thank you. Think about that, church. The Holy Ghost is a down payment of things that will come to us eventually. And so we're getting a little taste of heaven. Oh my God, help me Jesus. With the Holy Ghost in our life, we're getting a little taste of heaven here on earth because the Holy Ghost is heavenly. The Holy Ghost is holy. And when we have the Holy Ghost in us, we're getting a little taste of heaven here on earth. It's a down payment. It's a down payment. Somebody, you need the Holy Ghost. Right where you are, won't you lift your hands and praise the Lord and thank you for the Holy Ghost? It's a down payment. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory be to God, glory be to God, glory be to God. Oh, God, help us. Thank you for the Holy Ghost. Thank you for the Holy Ghost. Thank you for the Holy Ghost. Oh, my God. Listen, the Holy Ghost is a promise that God made to us eons ago. He made us this promise. And the promise was fulfilled in Acts chapter 2, verse number 1. That's when the promise was first fulfilled. In Acts chapter 2, verse number 1 through 4, God made us this promise from the Old Testament. We read earlier in Acts chapter 2, verse number 1, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all, all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like of the fire, and it sat upon each of them, and they were all with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. That's the first time it was fulfilled from when it was prophesied in the Old Testament in Acts chapter 8, verse number 14. It says, Now when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard
heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John, who when they were come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. For as yet he was fallen upon none of them, only they that were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, then laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. Oh, somebody hear me today. Acts chapter 10 verse 44 says, While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word, and they of the circumcision which believe were astonished as many as came with Peter, because that of the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. For they heard them speak with other tongues and magnify God. Then answered Peter, What what any man forbid water that these should not be baptized which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we and he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord then prayed they him to tarry certain days Acts chapter 19 verse number 1 and it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth Paul having passed through the upper coast came to Ephesus finding certain disciples he said unto them have ye received the Holy Ghost since ye believe and they said unto him we have not much as heard whether there be a Holy Ghost. Verse 6 says, And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. Somebody got to hear me today. God had promised this Spirit, the gift of the Holy Ghost, the baptism of the Holy Ghost dwelling inside of us. He promised it in the Old Testament. It was fulfilled in Acts chapter 2, verse number 1, which is the birthday of the church, the Beginning of the church, and so he filled us, and when he filled us with the Spirit, from that day on, he's been filling people with the Spirit. I'm here to tell you today, God is still filling people with the gift of the Holy Ghost. The power from on high is still being poured out. If you will open up your mouth, if you will begin to praise him, if you will begin to put your focus on him, he will fill you today with his spirit because he's still pouring out. He's still baptizing with his spirit. He's still filling with his spirit. We need the Holy Ghost. We need the seal of promise so we can be sealed by the Spirit of God. Oh, blessed be the name of God. Romans chapter 8, verse number 11 says this. But if the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. The infilling of the Holy Spirit is the earnest of our inheritance until redemption is purchased. We have to understand this. Listen to me. I close. If you will stand with me. Seal with the Spirit. God want to pour out his Spirit. God want to pour out his Spirit upon you and dwell in you. And we must trust Him. We must let Him have His way. We need, we must have the Holy Ghost. We must have the Holy Ghost. Oh. Ina <laughs> 
hand with me and just worship the Lord today. Oh, Lord God, we worship you. All over this congregation, Lord God, I pray that you'll begin to fill people with your spirit. I pray that you will fill people with your spirit. I pray that you will fill people with your spirit today, Lord God. Let them receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit today. Let them receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit today, Almighty God. That they will be transformed. That they will never be the same again, Lord God. And the power of God, Lord Jesus, will move them. That they will become distinguished, Lord God. That they will know you for themselves, Almighty God. And Lord Jesus, they will never be deserted by you, O God. Because they will have you dwelling in them. They will become a new creature. They will be transformed. Oh, God, I pray today that somebody under the sound of my voice will be baptized with your spirit, will be transformed by your spirit, will be filled with your spirit, will not be the same again, Lord God. Will you fill them? Somebody receive the gift of the Holy Ghost right now. Receive the gift of the Holy Ghost right now as you begin to worship him, as you begin to praise him. Let him fill you. Just receive the Spirit of the Lord. Just give him some praise right now. Just begin to shout hallelujah. Begin to praise his name. Begin to say, Jesus, I love you. Begin to say, Jesus, I praise you. Begin to say, Jesus, have your way in me. Begin to say, Jesus, fill me up. Fill me up. I give you all the praise. I give you all the praise. Fill me up, Lord. Fill me up, Lord. Baptize me with your spirit, Lord. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody. Worship the Lord with me. Come on, somebody. Praise the name of the Lord with me. God is right there with you. God is right there with you. He's present everywhere all at once. He's right there with you. Let him fill you up. Let him fill you up. Let him fill you up. Let him baptize you. Oh, Come on, let him fill you up. Let him fill you up. Let him fill you up. In the name of Jesus, you are the sacrifice today. You are the living sacrifice. Give him all of your heart. Give him all of your mind. Give him all of your soul. Give him all of you. And let him fill you up. Let him fill you up. Let him fill you up. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Oh, hallelujah. Fill us up, Lord. Fill your people up today, God. Fill your people up today, Lord. Baptize them with your spirit today, Lord. Oh, God, baptize them with your power today, Lord. Oh, fill us up, oh, God. Till we run over, Lord. Till we run over, Lord. Till we run over. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, blessed be your name. Fill us up, Lord. Fill us up. Till we overflow, till we overflow. <laughs> Here we are, Lord. Here we are, Lord. Here we are, Lord. Here we are, Lord. Fill us up with you, Jesus. Oh, you are the King of Kings. You are the Lord of Lords. You are the Lord Most High. You are the Great I Am. I worship and adore you. I bless your holy name. For you are my God. You are our Father. Oh, how we worship you. Oh, how we love you. Oh, how we adore you. Oh, God, we want to be with you. We want to be with you. We want to be with you. We want to be with you, Lord God. Have your way, have your way, have your way. 